So I have a feeling they might be a part of the big three. What big three? The big three. What big three? Androids, aliens, and wizards. That's not a thing. That, that's definitely a thing. No, it's not. So every time we fight, we fight one of the three. So who are you fighting now, Gandalf? How do you know about Gandalf? I read The Hobbit in 1937 when it first came out. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome back. We are here talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. uh, Episodes. One through three. Yeah. uh, Just like that, we are halfway through what I hope is just the first season of this show. But if they are to be believed, it's a one season deal. So we're three episodes in. They're not even really calling it a season. It's an extended. Limited series. I thought it was like an extended some something i've heard a limited series oh okay but either way um but yeah so we'll just kind of go over our thoughts on the three episodes that we've seen so far and then we're going to go through and go episode by episode we are fresh off the third episode and we rewatched the first two beforehand so we're all sharp on what's happened so how are we feeling so far i mean should just got kind of real in this last episode um, so, I mean, it's a, it's exciting. <laughs> we do have a lot to talk about for the third episode. I, we probably have as much to talk about in the third episode as we do the other two combined. Uh, but yeah, uh, for, for only being three episodes so far, they have done a lot, not only in terms of advancing the plot of the show, but also detailing the characterization of Sam and Bucky and pretty much everybody else that we've come across, it's really refreshing to see them be able to expand on the uh, personalities of these people. And I know that they did it in WandaVision too, but just because of the nature of that show, it wasn't kind of taking this slow approach that I think uh, we've benefited from with Falcon and Winter Soldier so far. They feel very different, but I wouldn't describe They're, this as slow Falcon well, and Winter Soldier. Like not necessarily slow. Lot is happening fast. I was when I say slow, I basically meant like they had the advantage of like this first episode to really like set up what each character is going through. Yeah. And of course it's a lot simpler. <laughs> well, in WandaVision they had like three episodes where they right, did that. Right. So, but they were shorter episodes. But I mean, it is, they're totally different. You can only really compare them because they're Marvel shows. Um, but I am personally very happy with where we're at. I wish it was more than six episodes. But if this is any indication, uh, they will be able to get a lot of good material in the three episodes that we have left. Do you feel like you had a lot spoiled by the internet and like what you were reading about? Or do you feel like most of this is coming in fresh well yeah so i followed a lot of production news about this so i like i knew things like um wyatt russell playing john walker and some of like the nature of his character in the comics and mostly the other stuff i knew was in the trailers with like a couple other bits and pieces here and there like the mad rapport thing i remember when that was mentioned by it was either leaked or mentioned by someone on the team for the show and people were getting all excited. Um, what, but, what do we know about Madripoor? 
up so to this me, point. So me personally, I did not know what it was until people started talking about it. And we have never heard it in the MCU That's before. That's what I was asking. Because it is predominantly an X-Men related thing. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. So whatever it was that made them decide to uh, use one of their newly acquired Fox properties, I don't think we're done with that location yet, even if we are done with it in this show. Well, I don't think we're even done with it in this show because there's a couple characters there that I think we have to return to, um, but we'll, we'll get to that when we talk about the third episode. As far as me, I can just say that this is what I knew about the show going into it. I knew that Bucky was going to be in it. I knew that Sam was going to be in it. Okay, pretty. The Falcon. Yeah. Um, and I knew that Sharon was going to show up. Um, and that's pretty much where I was at. And I, you told me that Zemo was going to be in it. And you said pretty explicitly that he was going to be the villain of the show. And I was like, oh, really? I thought that he kind of like made amends in some ways at the end of Civil War. And I thought what I thought. It's too soon to tell, though, what's going to happen. But I don't think he's explicitly the villain. And right now he's on team, team R, guys. Yeah. No, I think we will see a, maybe a couple more heel turns from him. But he's, at the moment, a bit of a loose cannon. Uh, but still... Which is fun. It's kind of fun. Still with our crew. I'm he's a um, weirdly fun addition to the... Um, episode very unexpected the way that they're doing his character but i'm really enjoying it and i think the actor is having a great time too oh definitely um so well let's get into the individual episodes um so episode one um a lot of just like where where are we at you know where's everyone emotionally physically um financially Yep. You know, all of that good stuff. The first episode had a lot of the post-snap world building that I've really been clamoring for ever since Endgame. And I talked about this in our WandaVision episodes, but, you know, I am so intrigued by the process in which the world would have to recover. And they, they've gone into it in this show a lot. Um, the last episode had more bits and pieces about it too, but I really appreciated how they took the time to lay out the different ways that it has affected people. It's yeah. really cool. And comparing it to the little bit we got in WandaVision, it's very different. Like we kind of saw the government version in WandaVision and now we're seeing more of like how everyday folks are experiencing it. Yeah. And this is six months later so things are things are still you know coming together but i don't think we're <laughs> we're likely never gonna get more information on what the immediate situation was like past that episode of wandavision scene. i don't think we need it it would be fascinating to follow somebody that had lived themselves through the five years or even we see them for part of the five years and what, what it's like, you know, on the, uh, just on the, the personal, the very personal scale to be in that transitional period. And we're getting characters that have gone through that, but we still haven't really seen it from 
someone's lens yet. So I wonder if we will. We're getting a bit of that with the um, leader of the Flag Smashers and her situation, I think. Well, so even before we get introduced to all that, I just wanted to kind of talk about where Sam and Bucky are when they're being introduced. Um, Okay, tell me if I'm reading too much into this line. (laughs) But Sam reiterates to, I guess it's Bucky. Maybe this is in the second episode, but he's like, the first time Steve told me about the shield, he said, and then he said the thing about, like, it doesn't belong, or it doesn't feel like it belongs to you, and he's like, it does. But, like, what does he mean by the first time? Does that mean they've had multiple conversations? Um, I don't know if you peeped that line. I took that line as him saying, when Steve first showed me the shield, and I think it, you could interpret it that way, but I was kind of just like, when I first... Like, when I first laid eyes on it, that's that was my immediate thought, was I shouldn't have it. And I'm sure, like, we don't know the nature of what happened to Steve post-Endgame. They are leaving it up to interpretation. I'm thinking he probably died, and they just right, aren't really quietly. talking about it. Yeah. Um, or he's on the moon. Either that. Yeah, one one was, of those two yeah. options. <laughs> or he went up to the moon and then died for some reason. Um, I think... Steve being Steve was probably like, hey, like, let's keep talking about this. So I agree with you. I mean, I don't know. I just thought that that was an interesting way to phrase it. But it's also like I could definitely be reading too much into it. But on that, so on Sam and his relationship to the shield, do you feel like it's kind of contrived that he's like really anti it? Or do you feel like it's earned and that like he just wants to like earn it like or he just doesn't want to do this thing because and that's why we're being introduced to his family and everything i think it it is a combination of everything that you just said like if i had looked at it if say if endgame had come out and for some reason the uh leadership at Marvel Studios was like, oh, just so everybody knows where we're taking this series, like, Sam is not becoming Captain America, or Sam doesn't take the shield. And we don't have the the additional context of, like, his family that we've been given in this show. Um, I would be more inclined to say it's because he's just come, like, the, the amount of time that he was back in the land of the living before... <laughs> Uh, Steve wanted to give him the shield was like, you know, well, to matter him, of, it was just at the end a matter of, of the days. Fight. Well, for no, it was well, I know. Oh yeah. Well, but I think like it's the just next like day. with, I think it's probably even before infinity war. Like, I don't think he wanted the responsibility or, you know, all of the, the stuff that comes with it. But after Endgame, I feel like it was a combination of that, but it took a backseat to being like, I need to, um, you know, become a person again, and I've just missed five years on Earth, and I need to, like, reconnect with my family, like you said. So uh, I think he was just like, I can either do this and, you know, um, end up <laughs> in, a, in a difficult situation like Steve did, or have reliable government contracts and be able to take things relatively easy, you know, doing these Air Force missions, I guess. 
Um, the other stuff we get about Sam, we already said, like, his family, it's kind of, well, it's not kind of, it is, like, fucked up that he and doesn't get paid for essentially being an Avenger. And then just this whole insight of, like, well, you don't have any income from the last five years, and that's, like, just the line the banks are taking, which is, I mean, why this organization, I'm sure, Flag Smashers, that's part of it, it's, like, they're act, people are acting like these this blip didn't happen essentially or that that's not a valid excuse for like certain things happening um so that's just uh, like insane to think about and um I, we're like a little shell shock just like sam is i feel like yeah i mean we don't know the true nature of what it means and six months in they're still trotting out those lines about you don't have any income. It's like, well, you'd think that they would have kind of at least gotten somewhere on a solution to that. But, uh, that does bring up, I had a comment on the nature of the flag smashers when Torres introduces them to the audience, basically. And to Sam, he states that they want, one world united without borders. That's basically the goal. Right. We don't really know what they're doing to accomplish that goal. I guess just try to prove to people that... Well, right now they're mostly the, providing aid. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's a very interesting goal and philosophy for this group because you kind of have like to... like anarchist. It, it's a bit... <laughs> but at the same time, it's not, you know, because they just want... I guess it is anarchist, but you... I guess... <clears throat> we don't know what the state of the world looked like in the five-year gap. Well, it sounded like it was good. Right. Well, they think it's good, but I would... Well, Sam has that line, whenever it's good for one Mm -hmm. group of people, it's bad for another. Right. And vice versa. So presumably, like, most of the world governments are weakened, so probably some entity like the United Nations or something had to become a de facto world government. I think there was more peace treaties and people just being at bay with each other. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So I hope we dive a bit more um, into their, their reasoning and we get a bit more of that in the third episode, but it's just like a very not, you know, they, they took a turn (laughs) at the end of the episode that we just watched. But before that, yeah, they're, they're going around and they're providing aid for people that have been left in a really bad place post snap. And that is not inherently a bad thing. I was, they could have done it without the serum, probably. I'm assuming that the Flag Smashers are not comic, um, like... There's a character ca- comic named... Comic canon. There's a character named Flag Smasher. So it's like a nod to that, I guess. I'm, if I remember correctly, I think it's like... The character is just like very generally does not believe in like the concept of like states and borders and stuff. So... It's that's, a bit. That's an interesting way to play on. Definitely that. Definitely a better take than if they just had one guy who called himself Flag Smasher right. running around. Um. I mean, I assume that there's not that many comics that are dealing with the result of an end game. I, as far as I know, uh, you know, I can't really speak on it. I did. I read the Infinity Gauntlet comics before Infinity War came out, but. I never read any of the follow-ups, but I don't think they would have... Comics at the time were not really going to 
address it in the same way as they are here. Um, but talking about Flag Smashers, uh, love this um, new character that we get, Torres. Definitely thought he was going to die in the first episode. I mean, there's still time. I'm a little nervous because he's like introduced as this like wide-eyed soldier kid. He's a nice guy. I hope he just learns yeah. in the series and doesn't die. Um, but really dumb move um, to like go after them by saw himself. A, saw a guy like superhuman kick a cop and then was just instantly like, I'm going to arrest you? Like, and remove my you're like, undercover You're an thing. Air Force right. person in Tunisia. Like, on whose authority? Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, but other than that, like, really nice guy. <laughs> Swell fella. Um, the first scene with Sam and going to get that guy, which... The, you pointed out there's a nice little nod to the movie, The Winter Soldier, right? With the guy in the plane. What did I? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought you were, I don't know. Yes. Uh, Batrock, the Leaper, comes back from Winter Soldier, which was cool. Also, I um, don't think he died. No. Because he they jumped out of the plane. He had, he had the, the wingsuit thing, squirrel suit, so... Yeah, I mean, he didn't really have much to do, but I think it's a nice way to, to just kind of flesh things out. I know people had some issues with the camera angles and that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure scene. about the... They used the GoPro a lot. Um, they they went all in on the GoPro to varying degrees of success, but it was a really goofy shot of Sam's face that they kept using. Was that plot supposed to be relevant? Because they were, like, saving this guy named... Vasant, who doesn't say a word no, I don't, the whole time. I don't think any of that matters to it the It was plot. just like to kind of introduce. I think it was just, we need an action yeah. scene to start and what's Sam up to. Um, well, so Sam's introduction is kind of nice. We get it. And then compared to how we're being reintroduced to the Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Bucky, it's brutal. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that we get from Bucky in the show is just a straight up flashback to his time as Winter Soldier. Um, and watching that a second time was so much worse because we had the context that they provide later in the episode. With Yori. Yeah. So it makes it extra sad. But Which I think it's worse if Bucky told Yori and like made amends to Yori because now it's like a double betrayal because it's this guy that's been like befriending you. Yeah. So. I mean, I think. I don't if, know if they're coming back to that, but. If Bucky was just to fall off the face of the earth after he saw Yori that last time, I think Yori would probably like at least have an inkling about it because he went there and creepily store. He, he stared at. Like the little memorial for his son and he knows like Yori is like old and wise he knows that this guy just just like showed up and i guess doesn't have i i feel like he might know. i don't know i i have a feeling the very last episode may return to that probably everything probably. but um and then we get him like seeing a therapist and stuff which they show this in the trailer well the scene in episode two and i thought it looked so dumb in the trailer like yes it's kind of funny but i actually like it in the first episode and um, it's also because I really like the actress that's playing the therapist. 
Um, but she, I just, um, I think it's actually kind of smart that they are doing this and it's like a plot point for Bucky to deal with all of his trauma. But in the second episode, I think it's kind of dumb, like, what they try and do with Sam and Bucky. It's like, okay, quick, we're gonna do, like, a bunch of couples therapy stuff in quick succession. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I I enjoyed this, but yeah, they, they kind of put a lot of it together in one episode. I figured they just didn't think that they had time for more of it. They were like, all right, we gotta get the plot moving. I think I would like to return to therapy, though. I really am liking that scene. I think um, after having watched a couple episodes, the trailer did a disservice to this show because of the way that they cut the lines. Um, It made their their banter in the show has like a bit more like there's more layers to it because it's not just like. That's not their whole conversation. They're not just sniping at each other. They're also not like a couple. Like they, they are friendly, but they're not. It's not like Steve and Sam yeah. or whatever. Um, but there was there was like another. Um, I I would mention it later, but I'll probably forget just because we're talking about the trailer. Um, there's like a line from Zemo in the trailer where he, you can tell he was supposed to say more. It's like superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. I was like, this is a this is a corny line, isn't it? Like, I don't like, like this. Context. But then in the show, it he just like kind of said it offhand, like in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. And I was excited for the show, but I had my I, I was questioning the writing a bit after the trailer. Just because. I think they're trying to be really careful about what they spoiled and Well, whatnot. they did a good job, but you know, um, that aside. The and then the last thing in episode one is the smirk from mr russell yeah didn't smarmy. like it smarmy bastard and then it start the next episode starts with him and he even though i think the show is trying to make him likable i don't know in that first scene in the locker room he's so unlikable well i really have no good will towards him so are we jumping into the second episode yeah that was a smooth a transition smooth, smooth transition um, I'm a smooth operator. I liked what they did with the second episode opening because everybody finished episode one and they were like, how dare you, sir? Put that shield down. Do not wink at me. So they started the second episode and to whatever degree of success they attained, I'm sure it varied from person to person, but they were like, we are going to humanize him real quick and we're going to show that he has friends and give you like a glimpse of like why he got picked. I don't think he's a good person. Um, well, I think we're really he's, quickly he's gonna start seeing to that crumble. Even if he was, he would be crumbling under like the stress of the, the mission that he's on. Um, but I will say, like, I, after that first scene for me, I was like, I kind of buy this a little bit. By the end of the episode, that was, that was gone. But I was like, okay, this guy knows, like, kind of, like, to an extent, to the extent that he can, knows, like, what he's, what it means to be doing what he's doing. And he does, he's not disrespecting Steve. So there was that I for me. I think he kind of is, though. I mean, at the, yes, at the end of the day, he is, but. He, it's all, um charades like I and I guess I I don't know how much he means to but like he's 
trying to be somebody he's not. And that's Sam's whole point is like, you're like being Captain America has nothing to do with the shield. Mm -hmm. It's about who you are. Yeah. And, and I think that's obvious. And I think even Bucky obviously knows that because he's like, this guy's no Captain America. And that shield does mean something, but in the right hands, essentially. I guess my my whole thing was I was happy that after having him do that smarmy moment in episode one, that they didn't just like completely double down on that. Like where he's like outwardly bit, such an yeah, asshole. It, it was important to have him be, have some moral ambiguity. And, and he's like, I think we can all buy and believe that he was a good soldier in his own right and then was chosen for this. But it's, I think he's still like not likable. Yeah. Even with them trying to give him that. And I, I just don't know if it's on purpose or not or if they were just like, well, we're going to just, I'm always wondering like what, what is the show trying to tell us about him? And I think everything else they've told us is like not great, but that I, I don't, I, it is, I guess to humanize him. Yeah. Like I don't think we're supposed to like him, but it was supposed yeah. to, because like, you and know, he's not like a, an explicit villain. Yeah. And it lets you see him through like the lens of the people in the universe, because like he's on good morning America and there's people that are cheering for him and like getting his autograph. So like, Yes, it's not popular with Sam and Bucky and it's not popular for the viewer because we followed Steve for 10 years. But for people that are just like, it's Captain America and they don't, you know, they're not (laughs) big on Steve Rogers, the person, the icon, like Zemo says, then. Uh, Then the other with that, what again, what is the show telling us by having this white guy being Captain America and then his best friend is like literally a black sidekick once again like that just doesn't seem inadvertent I think we know what they're telling us I think that is very intentional well and I think we're already seeing them not see they're not seeing eye to eye by the end of the third episode I think that's one of my notes when we get to it is that I think we're gonna see um, Hoskins. Hoskins turn on him. And yeah, I think that'll be really interesting because that's not something we've seen before. Yeah, yeah, they're laying the groundwork. But they, the um, writers of this show were very explicit in saying that, yes, this is about, like, the racial aspect is very important to this. And yeah, it's they're not, not shining it's not away intentional. at all. You mean it is intentional? Yes. Yes, it's intentional. So I know I already said about the whole therapy session. Which is kind of silly, but um, I get why Bucky is like upset with Sam, but I don't really get why Sam is so pissy with Bucky. I think Sam must have like had like a, a mental process where he's like, if I just make the decision about this shield and get it away from me to where to the point where it's not my responsibility, then it's not my responsibility. Like, I did what I thought was right, like he says and, to Bucky. And you should and, like, I'm it. And I'm done, yeah. And it's not, like, do not talk to me about the shield. I It was a personal, difficult personal decision, and I did it. So I think he's just kind of, he was kind of thinking that, or hoping that Bucky would understand and be like, well, you did what you did, and Sam gave it to you, so I'm going to, like, trust your judgment. But now he's, like, I think he just thought Bucky would act a certain way. And, I mean, they've always had, like, a sassy 
kind of relationship, which is fine. But like Sam is the one that walks out of that therapy session and is like shuts the whole thing down. Is like, I don't want to deal with this. And Bucky like really does open up and he's like, I, I don't know what it says about me if you're not meant to be Captain America. And I think that was really like, it was kind of hitting it on the nose, but I think they did it in a really yeah good way. That's probably the best line of the show. Yeah, I just Sam is very like closed off and is kind of I, I think he, he knows that this John Walker business is no good. But between that and the way that he was refusing to. And I think he give, feels guilty, I guess. About well, it. the way he was refusing to like, give up the fight about the boat and the family business is just like. I'm going to do like, you know, he, he wants it he, both ways and he, he expects people to understand what he wants to do and go along with it, period. So when that doesn't happen, he's he yeah, is not going to accept when it. When I think Sarah, his sister, Sarah, points it out really well. She's like, you you can't be like going off fighting with the Avengers and coming back here and telling me how to run it. And like Bucky's kind of saying the same thing. It's like you can't be out here fighting and being like, I don't want to be Captain America. I mean, he's not really saying it like that, but it's, yeah. I think it's kind of a little bit the same. I do think there's really good bits throughout the show that make, they're kind of silly, but I think they're fun. Like this whole Red Wing thing, I hate it. I'm glad that they broke it because I think it's so dumb that Sam talks about him as like a person. I think it's funny. Because <laughs> um, it's, it's so funny for him to be, to have like a pet flying bird, basically. But. Right. I adore the whole big three thing. Big three is the so so good. I would say like the the best comedic moment of the show, except some stuff in episode three um, dethroned it for me. But yeah, and it's true. Yeah. Um. At any time, <laughs> Bucky's they also, so wrong. Whenever they make a joke about Bucky being old, I love it. Even though like we did that a little bit with Captain America, like to me that bit doesn't get old. Because like well, people forget about it with it's Bucky. It's good to remind everyone. Um, like even in the first episode, he's like using a flip phone, which I thought was really appropriate. I'm like, how do they even find a flip phone? And then he's like dating, and he references tiger photos. And both Griffin and I were wondering if that's like a Tiger King ref. It, I feel like it has to be. How did Tiger King come out in the Marvel universe? That that reference is now three years late, Bucky. Um. There's also a couple other, I think, jokes in the second or in the third episode too about him being old, and obviously like the Hobbit joke. He's like, I've read the I read Hobbit in 1937. <laughs> just excellent. Something I really liked. Um, well, I had a quick note just saying, how did they let Bucky on the plane? Like, were they just like Sam? Like, is this guy with you? And he's like, Yeah, I guess. Hop on. I mean, it's come only to, him and Torres. Come, come to Germany, and then they do they just. Were they sitting on that plane just staring at each other for eight hours while they were flying to Germany? I mean... And then at the very end, Taurus is like, uh, <laughs> you guys want to, like, play cards? They were chatting. I don't know. And uh, another note of that, the scene where uh, they go to intercept the Flag Smasher trucks. Ever since... Bucky got sent to Wakanda and then especially like in the Black Panther post credit scene where we see Bucky in Wakanda, people on the internet have been like, oh, he's going to, he's going to be the white wolf. He's going to be the white wolf. And, you know, Bucky went to Wakanda in the comics and he like had an outfit and all this stuff and another name. And, uh, 
you know, that, that just never stopped. And then when he came back and he was still in Wakanda Infinity where people were like, ah! So it was very funny to me in this show that they just kind of had Bucky throw it out there but as basically like kind of a joke. I but, thought they said that in that post credit scene. I thought they called him that. Uh, I think they do. I mean, I know they refer to him as like the white guy, but then I thought they also say. I think you're right. And I forgot about that. Um, but, so I thought it was like a callback, but I, I think it's also what you're saying. It's yeah. like, okay, we hear you. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, they call him the white wolf, but. I mean, well, skipping ahead, which we'll, we'll finish talking about season, uh, episode two, but um, I mean, Wakanda does show up at the end of the third episode. So that relationship isn't done between Bucky and Wakanda. And he's mentioned Wakanda a couple of times now. So, um, yeah, especially since they have to kind of completely redo Black Panther now, it would be cool to see him continue to pop in and out of that world. Like, obviously he wouldn't be one of the main characters in that, but, um, to see him kind of split in and out would be, would be. And from the perspective of where we're at now, uh, it's a good way to kind of be setting up stuff for what they're going to continue to do with Wakanda. Right. Post, post Chadwick, basically. Um, love a good car. Start getting back to episode two, getting, um, getting a really good car chase scene or like the, on a truck, on a moving truck. Yep. Kind yep. of felt like fast and the furious. It was very good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, uh, what was else? What was I going to say about it? Oh, I thought it was funny that, uh, Carly Morgenthau, that's her name, right? Mm-hmm. It's just in the back of this, the front truck. So whoever's driving the truck in the back is just like watching as Bucky is like runs past them and opens it. Well, they were and ready. They were probably like on the radio being like, uh, <laughs> like he's climbing. They were in. up on the truck when they. Yeah, I just thought it was pretty funny. And it was cool to see Bucky like using his super speed or superhuman speed to catch up to the truck. Oh, right. And him jumping out of the plane with no parachutes, just... And then, like... Which is a Steve moment. And taking then, a fall. <laughs> yeah, not as cool. And then I think, at least for me, the last obvious big thing to talk about in episode two is Isaiah Bradley. Yes. Yeah, that was a big moment. And really interesting that they... Well, Again, you know, not shying away from race. No, and I think that this show is the perfect way to introduce that character you know because if there had been like an offhand reference to isaiah bradley in like one of the captain america movies or something it would have been like a oh like like cool, people who like know cool now. reference like we get it but now not only with the fact that the show is dealing heavily with racial issues but also they have more time to talk about it where we we have this scene and we we get some information and I'm assuming that we'll come back to that later at the end of the show. It really benefits from being able to introduce the viewer to it and then take a breather. And I'm sure the name will come up again because there's a lot of talk about the super soldier serum right now. So, Oh yeah. I, I don't, I think it's kind of implied because he just keeps coming back up. I mean, keeps coming back. We only watched one episode since then, but came up at least twice in that next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly Sam's not going to let it go because he's, like, the most, like, outraged about it. Really the only person that's outraged about it. Yeah. Um, I had one last note on the second episode, and it's that... I didn't even remember this when we were watching. Um, 
the actress that plays Carly Morgenthau, Erin Kellyman is her name, I think. Mm -hmm. She is like becoming in a small way typecast as like the unassuming villain between this and she was in solo, which I forgot about. You know, how old is she? I don't know. But you know, like the, I don't remember much of solo. So I've seen the pictures recently when people were talking about it, but there's like a, a group of people that are dressed like in these like masks and we don't see their identity until late in the movie and they take it off. And she's supposed to be like a, like a young girl and they're like surprised about it. So I'm like, Oh yeah, (laughs) she's really cool. I love her accent as well. Um, it's kind of sad that they are turning her into this kind, kind of a stereotype, like, um, definitely a stereotype and like that they turn violent and like all this stuff. And I get what she's saying. Like, this is how we have to send a message, but they were already sending a really powerful message by just, like, doing what they were doing. Like, all of these people are after them. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, and, I, I mean, I think you were saying, are they going to talk more about her background? Um, but I guess they kind of hit on that in the third episode. Like, I think we got it. Yeah, it seems to me like that's, that's where we're going to leave it. She's 22, by the way. Um, I think that they're, that's going to wrap up first the stuff happening with them and then um, all the stuff with the power broker and Zemo is going to be like towards the, yeah. the last. And I think we'll get more with, more with John Walker. Oh yeah. Duh, I see John Walker so taking annoying. a very brash. I think route he's going to take a serum. I think so too. Something's going to go Cause wrong. Cause there's extra serums. That's yeah. what we found out in the third. Let's talk about the third episode. Yeah. So jumping into the third episode, the first thing we get is an ad for the Global Repatriation Council, which I thought was interesting because they name drop them in the second one. But yeah, we that that seems like bad news bears. I mean, clearly there's some some work that needs to be done for that process, but it's never. uh, And they have like like armed soldiers and stuff. Right. It's not, it's not good. If, well, they're the ones if the that global repatriation council is working with captain America. I don't yeah. care which captain America, even if it was Steve Rogers, the, we all you, remember imperialism. Why are you running around the world <laughs> claiming you're helping people? And you have a guy with the American flag on his back. Um, so the big mystery at this point is who is the power broker? Um, will the power broker be related to the big three? Is it going to be a wizard, an alien, or what was the third one? Android. Or an android. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to take the It's just of... Loki. Well, the funny... That's how they bring in Loki. <laughs> <laughs> how insane would that be? <laughs> All right. Let's let's see. It's funny because they mention the big three, but, you know, they're keeping this show on the grounded side. The only people with powers are the ones that have the super soldier serum, which is like the most basic superpower. Um, And we are not getting any of the really. We're not getting any of the really weird stuff. There's no wizards to be found here, so we'll see where they take it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Loki would be a great addition to that this squad. That was last show. <laughs> um, 
You had a thought about somebody that could be related to everything happening with the Super Sarah, maybe Power Broker, maybe not. Yeah. Um, after the, well, this was uh, end of second episode prediction. The third episode didn't tell us who it is, but it, it made it more of a question mark. My theory at the time was that it could be uh, General Ross, Thaddeus Ross, because the last time we see he him, sucks. Yeah, he's if he's, you haven't, he's the worst. Oh no, our, we're gonna talk a lot about him uh, next week in our Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah, there's episode. a crossover for you. We know that he's supposed to show up in Black Widow. That'll be a flashback, but maybe it ties in if it's him. Interesting. Um, the last time that we see him in the movies. I think he is at Tony Stark's funeral. I'm sure. Um, but before that, he's like, you know, working with uh, War Machine and they basically stop talking when the, when the, when the crew comes well, in Infinity War, when Steve oh, comes right. back and all that. Um, so you kind of have to wonder, he has worked his way up the ladder from being a Somehow. army general in the Incredible Hulk to he's now secretary of state or was before the snap. So he has a lot of power and a vested interest in the super soldier serum. So I could see him trying yeah. to do something like that in the wake of and they've been, any number they of reasons. And they mentioned the Sokovian Accords in the last episode, um, which, I mean, that could just be a mention, but... Yeah, um, I am, just generally speaking, happy that they have not just, like, forgotten about that. Because they could have just been like, well, yeah, but then the snap happened and we stopped caring about it. But it's like, no, someone still has got it out for right. <laughs> like anybody well, that tries to violate the accord. And that's also like the whole thing with Sharon, who we see in this episode, like she is still ostracized from the country. Um, yep. She didn't get a part after everything that happened. Um, the, but the, the first thing that we really get is breaking Zemo out of jail, which is a great scene or prison. And, but they, they talk about the words and the brainwashing or whatever that's called. Um, how did that not, how did they stop that? I guess, or Wakandan technology. Okay. Is that there, the whole I thing buy, is, I buy that. He was, he like went back under and they mm -hmm. were like, I'm not gonna, he's like, I'm not going to wake up until they figure out how to yeah. <laughs> okay. rework my brain. So, I like that immediately Zemo's like, I can still fuck with you, though. I mean, I would expect nothing less. I'm not going to lie to you. About, like, halfway through... Well, we get, like, a great moment where they go to this hideout, and Bucky's like, can I... Can I give you a hypothetical? Like, let me give you a hypothetical scenario. And I was like, is he really... Like, are we really doing this? Like, I don't... What's his reasoning for breaking him out of jail? Like, he shouldn't want to do this. And then, like, I don't know, by the time he's, like, actually back, I'm like, okay. Like, now I'm on board with Sam this. Sam is also like, okay, fine. Yeah, but it did take me a minute because I was like, really? They seem not to have any problem with the repercussions. And I'm like, Bucky especially, I guess he just doesn't care. Like, he's 106, but, like, he's just like, I don't care. Like. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll pretend to be the Winter Soldier and people are filming me and. My therapist is not going to be very happy about this. Um, I think it's a really bad call, ultimately, on Buck. I think it's going to be bad for them. But in the meantime, we are greatly enjoying that dynamic. And Zemo is, like, a whole different person. He's done a lot of um, thinking. He's had a lot of thinking time. 
Um, and there's all these like new characteristics or like traits we're learning about him. And is is that comic canon? Are they just adding that in, sprinkling that in for the for the show? So what I know, and I don't know a lot, but Baron Zemo or this Zemo, I forget. I think his first name is Helmet. Well, Baron or is a, a title. the title, but people would refer to him as that a lot. Sure. He in the comics, I think, is the son of a like very high ranking Hydra person. They aren't. I don't think they're doing it in this unless they want to. Oh, I think they're definitely nodding to that because they keep talking about his ties to Hydra. He's I thought they were saying it is like he was obsessed with Hydra because he was just so desperate to figure out like, you know, they were he was killing Hydra agents to find Bucky. Right. So but either way, um. I thought it was they kind of like rolled the two characters together. And I like that they did it in a way that like I was I was shocked by like, what is this? I knew the jacket because they had that in the trailers. And it's like, that's he his signature his look, but, like the plane and stuff. But thinking about it, he's like on a mission in Civil War. And there's no reason why he couldn't, you know, have had this status. He's just right. like. So and he's like fine. Under it's the all radar. personal vengeance. He's not going to talk about it, and there's right. no reason. We well, don't get about his any family. character yeah. stuff of Zemo except for like the very last scene. Right. So I I think this is very cool, and I want to know more about Sokovian royalty, and I want to know more about what happened to Sokovia. Well, yeah, a lot they, of people think that's going to be it. some uh, Doctor Doom setup stuff. Oh, interesting. Because he country, says what happens. Yeah, like he other says, countries cannibalized yeah. it. Um, yeah, I did have a question about, like, what Zemo's deal with Hydra, and it seems like he's kind of neutral. He's not, he's not a proponent of Hydra, certainly not now, but he, he's also, like, he's been around the block. You know, he doesn't really currently have allegiance to anyone he except seems, himself. And, and Sokovia. I guess if they wanted to say that he didn't come from Hydra, but he came from a rich family, then they probably would you know, work with Hydra when it was convenient and deny that they ever did whenever, you know, when Nazi Germany fell, they were probably like, nope, Hydra, never heard of them. Um, This whole club scene (laughs) is insane. And it reminds me of like a different movie, like a Guardians movie or like Thor Ragnarok, like it is not in this world. <laughs> I love it, though. I love it. We get Zemo dancing. Oh, well, yeah, that's, that happens. But I was thinking even just, like, the whole bar, the first bar with um, Sylvie. And Sam is supposed to be, like, African, and he doesn't even try. He's like, I'm just going to talk this to, like, myself. <laughs> that, that whole scene was so funny. We were talking about it. Well, I know we talked about it earlier in the podcast that this is like a new location. And I don't think um, there's ever really been like a made up city in the MCU before. Wakanda. Well, OK. Let me say it in like terms of we've talked about it, maybe not on the podcast, but other places that like Marvel t- typically uh, is like New well, York. Sokovia. And, right. So I guess this doesn't have any ground. But you're thinking of like a Gotham City or yeah, a... this this feels like like the the other places where like okay Sokovia is like a generic like you know ex Soviet block Eastern European country whatever and Wakanda was its own thing but this feels different 
I, I don't know why. It's just like they don't even try to explain it, like in the grand scheme of it, things. It honestly feels like one of the planets that you go to right. in Guardians. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, this planet does this yeah. or whatever. It's like, oh, this is where all the criminals hang out. Um, <laughs> and I guess they just like they don't want to put that on a specific country and just it's just easier probably. And it has well, what you were saying earlier. It has ties to X-Men. Is that right? Yeah, I think it has been like frequently featured as a place where like Wolverine or other people have to go to find like the evil mutants. It's their hangout. Gotcha. And it was not available to them before they acquired Fox. Um, do you have any other thoughts on Sharon? Um, I thought this was a very interesting look at her character. Cause you know, um, this was unexpected. Sharon was like a very like, People liked her character and did like, they? I think people did because people were excited for her to come back. Maybe they were just more excited for her a to character like a that hadn't character. been around, but you know, but for she her to get a real character. And I, there was like a whole thing where if they hadn't been able to get Spider-Man for Captain America, civil war, then things were going to get shuffled around and she would have been like in that fight and on the team. And oh, there was, yeah, there's like concept art. I don't really understand like where she would have, tied into all of it but instead of just having her be like another fugitive on the run who just wants to get her name cleared even though that's what she is having her be totally not just like living and surviving in madripoor but like thriving, thriving. yeah was a really cool touch and i like that bucky is like um she's awful now yeah. <laughs> Like, why are we here? And she's just, like, not taking anybody's shit. I think she's definitely going to come back in a real way. And I'll, I'm almost, like, nervous that she's going to, like, I don't know, have some, like, bad ties. It's kind of what it seems like. But but it's I'm interested in it. Because yeah. it's, it's definitely unique. It's compelling. It's more yeah. compelling than anything that her character did before, I think. You mean, like, kiss her, like, dad? Kiss her grandpa dad grandpa thing give a speech and uh i mean she do is some very cool action scenes yeah she does some some sweet gryffindor moves in winter uh, soldier winter soldier yeah and i mean and she fights bucky in civil war so pretty cool um yeah we'll see where they take her character i'm sure uh i don't remember the name of her actor but I'm sure she is very happy to be back because if I was her, I would have felt pretty slighted, <laughs> you know, in the yeah. you basically get cut out of most of the last movie that you show up in. So and that was five years ago. Um, I thought I like how they're using the blip in interesting ways for plot. Like they had this whole thing with the guy who recreated the super serum and how he was like so close. And they're like, well, what, what happened? And he's like, I disappeared. Like, and then that did change like who he was aligned with when he came back. And like, he was obviously like nothing, no time had passed for him. So he's like, I'm ready to finish what I started. Um, so that was just interesting how they utilized the blip for that. Plot yeah, device. I love that. They can do so much with that as yeah, a, but it didn't device. feel like a cop out no, either. Cause it was like, Oh, like that kind of sucks for you. <laughs> like yeah. and nobody wanted it. And I liked that. Um, they had no one really talked about it, but a line where he was like, yeah, I was working for Hydra. What? Right. He was, or well, the CIA, well, he was working for Hydra and then 
like when Hydra oh, yeah. fell, the CIA recruited me. Oh, and yeah. And that was like a whole thing too with uh, Zola. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, being recruited by the CIA uh, after he, Hydra fell. He wasn't recruited. He was imprisoned. They like captured him. Yeah. But after that, he was like, no, like they... Because it, it was a real thing a back deal. in World War II is Operation Paperclip. They brought Nazi scientists and employed them because they were smart. Yeah. But I mean, he was already like captured, I think. Right. And then they offered him a deal. But they were still like, we're going to let you like work. Like yeah. we're going to... Right. Basically, yes, you are our prisoner, but right. we're going to no, collaborate with you. But I think maybe to your point about General Ross is that the person who had him working on the CRM in the government could have been under Ross. Yeah. Um, if that's going to come back, which I think it would make a lot of sense for Ross to enter this plot in some form or another because of if they're using anything from the Incredible Hulk, which I don't know. They've shied away from that in the past. So I mean, they're supposed to have Tim Ross character come back for She-Hulk. So if they want to give people a reminder of what happened to the Incredible Hulk, they should do that now. Where's Bruce, you know? He's he's chilling. Well, I had a kind of a general overarching note, something that I just saw after the episode. I, I wasn't paying attention to the credits, but a lot of people were drawing John Wick comparisons to the whole setting of Madripoor and the whole scene where uh, they kill Selby and then everyone gets like a bounty text in their phone. People are like, this is like serious John Wick vibes and like the gunfights and stuff. Like a video game. It's written by the creator of John Wick. Oh, Fun fact. interesting. Oh, well, yeah, we still have to talk about the the big cameo at the end, which is what you were going to say, right? Yeah, my last night was just like, Wakanda! <laughs> yeah, very unexpected. But it does make sense that, well... That they what, want Zemo. They reference they want, it. They want Zemo, and I'm sure that they have been tracking Bucky in one way or another ever since he left. Yeah, but they we should have seen this coming because they literally were like, do you think that Wakanda would be okay with this? Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's going to have to reckon with that. Because they're like, what, Bucky, we thought we were cool, man. Like, what are you doing? It will be interesting to see if they try and kind of deal with Chadwick dying in this. So that way, when they do the next Black Panther, they've already kind of laid that foundation. Like, they're I. It's not like them to shy away from something like that, but I just mean like that's. It's just like not what anyone wanted. So it's like, how are they gonna deal with this in plot? Because literally, no one wanted to see him not be Black Panther. I have a feeling that they probably won't because I think this was probably mostly done by the time he passed away. This was supposed to come out first and I'm sure they did plenty of post-production work because things got delayed. So I don't know when they actually finished shooting, but if everything had gone as planned, this would have come out in like August, 2020, which is when I, I think that's when he died. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So um, yeah, I don't know. They could have added something in, but yeah, I mean, well, that's... I'm sure if they referenced anything, they'd probably cut it out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, who knows how they're going to, um, do it in the next Black Panther movie. Like if it'll be, he died a while ago or it just happened like off screen or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, so before we end, should we just kind of say like some favorite character moments or a favorite scene or anything like that? Yeah. Huh. That is, that is hard. 
But I actually think I might have to separate it into like action and non-action scenes just to make it easier yeah. for myself. My favorite non-action scene was honestly probably the whole like Zemo breakout and then they're on the plane like yeah. talking because I thought it was it's so like fascinating <laughs> getting. Well, it was funny. It was still the whole thing was unexpected, but also getting like another look at Zemo's like viewpoints and philosophy. And he's like so his character is so entertaining when he's not like zeroed in on revenge. He's talking about the Trouble Man soundtrack and how it's like what did he say something about how it's like the distilled like African-American viewpoint. And Sam is like, what? Like, you're right. But like, stop talking. I just couldn't believe that what was happening was happening. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I think my favorite action scene was also from that episode when they're leaving the um, lab or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. again, Zemo like balls out, which I don't know if that's supposed to be a reference to the Red Skull because he wears that like red mask. Um, I don't know. Uh, they don't... I guess that's just him. Yeah, that's like his classic comic book look. I don't know if it means yeah. anything. Um, but I just, I liked all of that. And then he like, finds that car yeah <laughs> it's just very enjoyable that that was great i think uh that's up there for me it's either that or you know surprisingly have not been that many action sequences There's like one per episode right which tracks because we don't have time for for all that right. stuff we got important plot development but i also really liked the the truck fight yeah uh, in episode two because i didn't expect um john walker to show up i thought it was just gonna be bucky and sam doing the fighting so um, the things that have surprised me the most so far was Sharon and the Isaiah Bradley stuff. Um, and I'm interested to see how both of those plots play out. I think. Yeah. I know that's not normally like a question. But, but still, uh, the most surprising thing to me was the Sharon turn of events. Yeah. Just not in a million years would I be like, yeah, Sharon Carter became a illicit art dealer and because they show her like with the gun and pulling down her hood and i think everyone just assumed she was like undercover yeah. like working just doing for her thing. the cia or whatever yeah, not like, this um so that's interesting what would martin freeman's character think i want to i want to see him talk about this um what predictions do you want to make I'm nervous after watching wandavision but let's just go for it yeah we already said one we think that um power broker is what, ross john i was gonna say the was it john walker yeah he's gonna take the serum he's gonna take the serum definitely no doubt in my mind i would be kind of disappointed if general ross is the power broker i'm hoping for something a little bit more interesting i also hate him so much i just don't want him to come back at all um fair i would it would be really interesting to see what they who who that's gonna end up being though I'm I'm very excited to be surprised by that. Yeah. I'll stick with my prediction just because I want to be vindicated if I'm right. But I there's there's a billion ways they could go. Um general predictions. Like we said or like you said earlier, the flag smasher thing is going to be taken care of before the end of the show. I think um I'm it wondering won't be... actually if they start to have side effects from the serum. That would be that would be interesting. I think uh, 
John Walker is going to have a confrontation with the guy who Carly is with in the car. Who's like the one that. Yeah. And he's going to try to like say something, but John Walker's probably going to like seriously hurt or like kill him or something. Cause he seems to be, he's definitely not interested kill in doing things the, by the book. And that's going to be a thing with, um, Hoskins. Yeah. I, he's definitely going to turn on him. I think, or something's going to happen with that. Like that's just not tenable how it's going so far. And I think he might join up with Sam and Bucky. Um, what do you think is going to happen with Zemo? Do you think he's going to stay the course with them? Do you think he's going to go rogue? I don't know exactly what's going to happen with him, but I know he's not going to go back to jail in this show. He's, he's not going back to jail. That man is out and he has connections and resources and he's going to work with Sam and Bucky to the, to the point where it is still beneficial to him. And as soon as it, oversteps that line he's not gonna i don't think he would hurt them or kill them no, or anything I think he likes... but i think he'll i think he would just disappear so i expect that his story to be left open again at the end of the show i but then i mean realistically i don't know how bucky and sam walk back from this <laughs> i have no idea they're gonna have to do something this show is either gonna end with them doing something so heroic that they are redeemed for the stunts that they pulled in the third episode, or they're just going to be on the run again. And they can't do that. I with, don't think With so. Sam's family and stuff. They, yeah. What do you think is going to happen with the shield? Um, well, do you think I Sam's going to pick it the, up? The trailers show Sam with it at some point. Yeah. So I think he has to, I think that's going to be at the very end it's of got, it. Yeah. We're not, I'm not expecting to see Sam in like, a a Captain America outfit or anything, but I oh, think no. some, but I, some way John Walker is going to be, uh, <laughs> the shield is going to be taken away from him one way or another. Um, and they'll have I think a Bucky's long gonna, like, throw it. it to him. Um, Oh, true. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's going to feel like when Captain America picked up that hammer though, it's going to be like, yeah, like I think it's going to have that kind of weight to it. Or I hope like that's what we want. It, ha- right? it has to, it has to. Um, but I think we we all want to see Sam be Captain America. Yep, absolutely. Captain Falcon, as I call him. Falcon Punch! Exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else too specific, because, like, things are moving past anything that I could have gleaned from the trailers for the most part. The trailers were almost entirely the first two episodes with a couple of glimpses of Zemo. Everything after this is... It's fair game. I, like, I don't know. Is Rhodey going to come back? Like, he said he's going to. I, I think he'll be in like the last episode or something. Yeah. Like, are we going to see him fight though? <laughs> like, I don't know. That would be weird. I guess it's not really. I don't, know. His... I don't want him to get tangled up with it all. Yeah. He has no business with this. It's just going to cause more like inner conflict. And I'm not here for that. Yeah. No, we'll wait to see him until, until his show. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. So we're excited. We'll watch the last three and do another episode after the last three come out yeah 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 only only three more left and then after that and you know we got we got a bit of a gap then loki yeah so i mean they got it they got to introduce loki at the end of this This is a power broker right (laughs) we gotta have one of the big three absolutely insane 
and like no one knows who he is somehow. It's yeah. Remember that guy that tried to take over Earth eleven years ago? Well, it seems like he's only known my reputation or her. I actually think that they might have it be a, a woman. Yeah, they don't refer to. They just say the power. Well, I think people even say he, but it's like they just assume. Yeah. Right. Um, things are, things are really open. It could go so many ways and I have faith in how much they can squeeze into three more 45 minute episodes. So. All right. Well, thanks for, uh, joining us in the Superverse. Um, if you enjoyed this episode and our other episodes, make sure to drop us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Five stars would be sweet, but be honest. And uh, make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 